You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. This is in real life, IRL. It's very exciting. So, Nadia, thank you for being here for our first in-person in real life episode. I'm so happy to be here. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. So what's exciting for our listeners mm-hmm. is that you come from the world of journalism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and you uh, have been a journalist for how many years now? 17 years. So Rogers, CBC, Weather Network, let's mm-hmm. not forget that. Yes. And most recently Global. <laughs> yes, Global News. Okay. And tell me about your role that you played in those kind of worlds. You know, it was different all throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still remember starting out at the CBC. That was my first gig after coming out of community television. Um, and in community TV, you know, you're really building yourself up. Yeah. That was back in the day when we still had community television. Awesome. I know so many of them like are Wayne's dying World, off. Right? Yes, yes, yes. It yeah. was it was amazing. Which one uh, were you at? Which so I was at Rogers TV Peel. Okay. And we had so much fun. So That's much fun. So cool. A lot of great talent in Toronto came yeah. out of uh, Rogers TV Peel, uh, including Farah Nasser, who's now uh, the anchor over at uh, Global News TO. And so I was a. I started out behind the scenes. Uh, as a, you know, just an editorial assistant, you know, floor director, and just worked my way up from there. I was already in my second year of university. Uh, So got to report, got to anchor as a backfill, did a talk show, you know, and then uh, opportunities started coming up here and there with uh, Planet Africa magazine and then the Weather Network. Um, and it was really through networking, like a series of connections that I landed that gig at the CBC. So that's why, this is why I preach networking. Yeah. Um, it was just a series of connections cool. uh, that opened that door at the CBC. And from there, we just took off. That's awesome. Yeah. And then uh, Global, which, tell me about your role at Global that you, you Yes, you the Global played. News um, as a video journalist. Yes. Um, just doing general assignment reporting, which has always been my, um, I think my my love, yeah. you know, from my career. Yeah. I thought about specializing, but I don't know. There's something about variety. So, uh, so yeah, general assignment reporter, um, shooting, editing, writing, producing, you know, my own content. Yeah. You really, <laughs> you really get a feel for it when you do it all. Yeah. Um, I think within the last the, the last three and a half, four years that I was there. We they took away shooting so that it wasn't so much of a strain, um, but I was still editing. I still edited all of my stories, wow. wrote them, you know, put them all together. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So while you're in that role, did mm-hmm. you have the chance to watch Apple TV's uh, Jennifer Aniston show? No, about no, I did have, not. Have you watched it yet? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Should I? Maybe, maybe not. It might give you some like. You know, tre- yeah, exactly. Some tremors of, <laughs> and and maybe it's it was a different. It was a morning show, yes. so it might, the intensity oh, might be different. Than shows. What, so yeah. I have to be honest with you. All throughout my career, I've avoided morning shows. Okay. Um, I'm just not a morning person. Yeah. So when I was at the Weather Network, that was actually no, no, no. My internship when I was in university, that was my first taste of the morning. Yeah. And so I was doing overnights, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. And it was a grind. And so that was, a, but you're, you're an intern, right? You yeah. want that foot in the door. You yeah. want that opportunity. So you're like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll do this. And then I got to the Weather Network and it was 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. And I always remember driving back home. I was exhausted, music blaring, windows down, driving down the highway, driving, trying not to fall asleep. And I thought, okay, mornings just are not for me. They're yeah. not for me. So the folks at Global, <laughs> my friends at Global will, will remember like I just avoided the morning show. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and tell me about the organization that you're a part of now, representing black journalists. 
Yeah, yes. yeah, the Canadian Association of Black Journalists. Yeah. Um, so the CABJ has been, I think, a work of 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 my heart, you know, a labor mm -hmm. of love for the last uh, five years. Actually, that started back in 2016. Um, but my desire to to be part of the CABJ started back when I was in Newfoundland. Mm -hmm. uh, one day I was walking to work, and uh, there were these two white girls who were walking mm -hmm. in front of me. And one turned around and she said, oh, look, there's a, and she called me the N-word. Mm. And uh, the other girl said to her, no, no, you can't say that. And she said, oh, it doesn't matter. I call them all the N-word. And, and that was really a turning point for me. I knew mm. um, if I was going to make it in this career, that was my first time moving away from home to take a job, you know, uh, in, in this industry. And I knew if I was going to survive in this industry that I was going to need some support. Uh, at the time, the CABJ had fallen dormant. It had been really active throughout uh, the 90s and the early portion of the 2000s, uh, but had just fallen dormant. And so in 2016, I was at a conference uh, for the NABJ, the National Association of Black Journalists, which is an amazing organization down in the mm -hmm. States. They have a conference every year. So I was down in Washington, D.C., and ran into the girl who used to be the student rep for the CABJ. Now she was working in the U.S. And and I told her, you know, my my dream to see the organization revived. And she said, you know what, the former president would love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, Michelle Lynch was indeed very happy to hear from me. And she has just been like an, an anchor mm -hmm. for me throughout this whole journey of reviving the organization. And so I, you know, pulled together a team of, of black journalists from across the country. And we just rebuilt this thing, um, you know, starting back in 2016 never imagined um, mm. that we would be where we are in 2020 or where mm. we were in 2020 uh, when the murder of George Floyd happened. And suddenly as an organization, we were really kind of thrust into the, the forefront of, of leading change in this industry. Yeah, and, and, and since then, what have you been seeing and feeling throughout this? Um, you know, it's been, it's, it's really like a, a roller coaster of emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, because I hear a lot of stories from black journalists. So you, you hear their pain, you hear their frustration, you hear their exhaustion. Mm -hmm. Um, I completely recognize that the work that we have been doing isn't new. Like there have been people who have been at this for a long time. Yeah. And so I know right now that we're standing on the shoulders of giants and the work mm -hmm. that we're doing. Yeah. So I hear from them, you know, their frustration in that it's still taken so long to see change. Yeah. Um, in the young journalists, I hear hesitation, trepidation. I hear, you know, that they're, they're not sure. Do I stay? Do I go? What mm -hmm. do I do? Um, I also see the folks who have waited for a long time for a door to open and it finally did mm -hmm. um, in 2020. And so I hear their sense of hope. Mm -hmm. There's one journalist I'm thinking of in Halifax who for, I don't know, 15, 16 years, he was being overlooked by media companies there. And suddenly we launched a program in, in 2020 and suddenly, you know, when everything was happening last year, um, after being overlooked for so many years, he no longer was. Now he's got a full time job. You know, now he's got hope. And so there are these stories of hope mixed with, you know, the frustration and the pain and the desire for real change not to take as long as it has. Mm -hmm. But the realization that there's still a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. And if those that want to uh, get involved or support this amazing organization, how do they do that? Yeah, so we're at cabj.news. Yeah. Um, and there's a few different ways you can get involved, um, whether that is volunteering um, through one of our programs or just making a donation and supporting the work that we do. Um, last year, we got so much support mm -hmm. um, from folks right across the industry. It was overwhelming. It was unsolicited. 
Um, and it was really, I think, a testament to us of, of the work that, that we've been doing in terms mm. of um, just building and mm. rebuilding and mm. supporting different generations of black journalists. Yeah. Um, so there are different programs. And if there's anything in particular that you'd like to donate towards, you know, you can earmark your donation at that at that time on the page when you when you get in touch with us. That's awesome. And, and tell me about motivation. What, what has motivated you to, <laughs> to do this? Um, that's a good question because it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's unpaid, yeah, right? We don't, uh, yeah, time. we yeah. volunteer. Um, you know, I am a people person. Yeah. Um, but more than that, I love the, the investment in yeah. people. And I do believe that if we invest time and resources in people to help them get to where they want to be, yeah. um, that there's always going to be good fruit that comes out of that. Yeah. I think, um, I think that lends into my bigger picture purpose of just being an agent of change. Mm. So whether that is being an agent of change in someone's life mm-hmm. um, or an agent of change in in a situation mm-hmm. um, that is long overdue for change, yeah. um, I see the work of the CABJ as fitting perfectly into that, that purpose, I, that's that incredible. calling. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, for those that are listening and are on the like PR or comm side mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, I now have the voice of a journalist. What, what, are, what are some of your biggest kind of advice pieces or um, those that yeah, you know, are pitching right now? Mm-hmm. What, what's your kind of like, you know, I'm sure oh. you get asked this a lot of like, hey, what do you look for? What do you, what mm-hmm. do you like to see mm-hmm. in a story? Um, so I get a lot, I used to get a lot of press releases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get a lot of press releases. Yes. Um, but the ones I often paid attention to um, were the ones where folks had already built relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's what's most important to me uh, for for PR folks. And it's not just building a relationship when you need a story. Yeah. It's building a relationship when you don't need a story. So mm-hmm. that when you do, yes. you know, have that great big yeah. pitch, you know, you're reaching out, you're giving me a call or, yeah. you know, we're talking. Um, I think of, of Jeremy once he crossed over, of course, into uh, over Jeremy Hunka over at UGM. And he maintained relationships, mm. um, you know, with newsrooms. Yeah. Um, of course, he already had that in because he used to be a reporter. Yeah. But I just noticed how fostering relationships mm. um, had a great impact in the way that you're able to um, get your message across, yeah. you know, when when you need it. That's awesome. And what does that look like? Is it uh, like, you know, I know we're living in strange times, <laughs> but you know, when we're meeting in person, is it just sending messages? Is it... Um, trying to meet up for coffee or what, what have you seen really work? Yeah, I always tell folks that there's no hard and fast rule, but yeah. I always go back to my experience as a journalist yeah. in maintaining relationships with my sources. So sometimes that's just going out for coffee yeah. and just catching up. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's a phone call to say, hey, I haven't heard from you for a while. And you know, in a while, what's going on? What's new in your world? You yeah. know, what's happening, this and that, you know, sharing some insider rema- uh, information. Um, what, what I always notice is that the relationship has to be um, beneficial to both parties so even if you're not giving me a story idea give me something yeah you know make me more make make me wiser about your issue about your cause or whatever it is that you're working on um and i will always remember you as a journalist i always remembered the pr folks who took the time to build a relationship with me and i was reaching out to them yeah you know to have a conversation with Mm -hmm. them about hey this is happening or i saw this story what do you think you know or you know reaching out to them for advice that's really cool. And those that are, and, and maybe you saw the difference between those that were in PR who represented one brand, they mm-hmm. were in-house mm-hmm. PR, versus those who represented multi-brands. What did that look like for you even like when they met with you? Would they sometimes be like, I have these six 
Stories to tell you, everyone. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It usually wasn't like that. They didn't open a briefcase no. and be like, "Look at our, our trench coat. Look at all these options." No, I I found actually they were pretty good. Yeah. Um, at being able to kind of keep it um, uh, more focused yeah. on whatever it was in particular that they wanted to do. Um, I don't know if that actually happens. Like for the folks who work at you know more of, a, of an agency. Um, but I would recommend against it. Yes, okay. Good <laughs> advice. Good advice. Definitely recommend against it. Yeah. Um, but but they always kind of took a, the, the folks that I'm, I'm thinking of always took a, a more tailored approach to say, okay, I've got this story yeah. and you came to mind. Yeah. You know, can we chat about it? That's awesome. And communication wise, um, like Twitter, email, what, what do you prefer? Do, yeah. do, you, do you ever check the wire, by the way, like the news wire? Um, Sometimes when I'm strapped for stories. Okay. Or Haro. I will no never. No, no. Okay. Haro. Okay. I remember as a young journalist when I was yeah. strapped for stories, I would sometimes scan the wire. Why? Okay. And every once in a while I'd find something. Okay. Um, but as I got later on in my career, yes, social media was a big thing. I'm no longer on Twitter. Yeah, okay. uh, so I can't say You're Twitter. Retired I've Twitter. retired from Twitter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I've just decided it's not a space for yeah. me. Yes. Uh, LinkedIn is proving yeah. to be yeah. A good source yeah. for and connecting with people. No, and not, not angry. There's no. not many angry people there they're compared not, to Twitter. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, they're, they're not angry. It's very fruitful conversation. Yeah. yeah. So I'm loving LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, but I find again, this comes back to building relationships. I love it when people just send me a text. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, I know cool. it's very old fashioned. No. Is that old-fashioned on texting? Or WhatsApp? Or WhatsApp? Yeah, nobody nobody reaches out on WhatsApp. And I'm on WhatsApp every day. Yeah. So personally, I always felt like WhatsApp was more of a cultural thing. Because I noticed that uh, those of us who come from immigrant families, because your family's often in like Jamaica or Africa or somewhere else. You know, my husband's family is from Cameroon. So we're always on WhatsApp to keep in touch with each other. But I notice here that people don't use WhatsApp as much. I don't know. Um, But in any event... Sure, hit me up yeah, on WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but a good old-fashioned text message. Yes, yeah, yeah, is what I liked. I like your take on WhatsApp. If they're either, you can tell if they're either have like friends or yes. family in other countries. Yes, yes. Or if they have a group of friends that are both Android and Apple users, mm. they tend to yeah. discover that to group chat. Yes, and, you know, WhatsApp is the option. It's much easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's always that friend in the group who turns your chat uh, green. Right? Yes, right? Yes, that, yes. One, that one Android friend. <laughs> so, all these years, all this experience yeah, journalism. Yeah. Tell us what's what's next. This is pretty exciting. Where you're going? Yeah, this is exciting. So, it, you know, it feels like um, I don't know. It feels like I've been building up to this, yeah. but I am heading over to UGM, okay. taking over from my friend Jeremy Hunka. Okay. Um, brand their, side. Yes, going okay. brand side at the Uni Gospel Mission yes. to uh, to do their man to be their manager of communications. Okay. Um, very excited about mm. this. Um, so. This is my first time really crossing over, obviously. Okay. Um, but it feels like such a great opportunity yeah. to take that newsroom experience, yeah. um, which I think is such an asset in yeah. the PR and yeah. the comms world. Yeah. I've seen so many people do it and do it well. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of other journalists even here in, yeah. in the metro area. Yes. You know, we were talking about Rena here, yeah. Rena Bakshi. Yeah. BC um, Transit just picked up a journalist recently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tina Lovegreen, yeah. Catherine Pope. You know, so I'm thinking of these these folks who have, you know, oh, Stephen Smart, yeah. who have crossed over yeah. um, and are just doing great. Yeah. You know, they're just doing great. And so there's something to be said for mm. having newsroom experience. Yeah. You know, to know how the newsroom thinks. Yeah. And once you know how the newsroom thinks, you know how to pitch a story, you know how to position yeah. whatever it is your message is. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So those that are listening right now and wondering, well, how do I find people in the newsroom? Any yeah. tips or tips? <laughs> how, do I, how do I find them to hire them? Yeah. Or how, yeah, I know. Somebody reached out to me to ask me the same thing um, the other day. Um, so again, I think this comes back to building relationships. Yeah. Um, because as you're talking to people, you will get a sense. Like I can, I can tell you right now, the folks who are kind of yeah, 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 yeah. yeah on the edge. Yeah. Uh, and so you can, you know, reach out to them to to kind of see. Yeah, you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll cross over. But yeah. it comes back to building relationships. Yeah. You have to uh, you have to be on the inside track. Yeah, yeah and that. I think these last two years have been very sad. Like I remember yeah. every almost at one point there was almost every month there was a new um, departure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like whether it was Bell or Rogers yeah. or um, newspapers, whole newspapers shut down. It's been a rough year and a half, two years, yeah. and then on top of that, just this this unrelenting um, attack against credible journalism with fake news and all that nonsense. And just this last week, John Oliver's, yep. I don't know if you saw that, his no, stab no. at um, sponsored content. Oh, so what yeah. he did is he made up a fake product. Yes. And then, like sponsored content, you can pay to have yeah. an advertorial, as they say, or um, partnership content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And had uh, local news stations mm-hmm. cover this fake product. Mm-hmm. And he was just trying to prove that sponsored content, there is a lack of journalistic integrity on that kind of... Uh, you know, ad side of things, but where ads and journalism, you know, kind of crossover. Yeah. The problem with so many newsrooms is because they're so strapped, the kinds of checks and balances that I think they would normally do yeah. are not happening. Yeah. You know, that digging, that questioning of, yeah. okay, who's actually behind this? Yeah. You know, is this real? That research, yeah. they just don't have the time. And so because they don't have the time and they don't have the resources, mm. um, it's, it's just not happening. And it's revenue. So it's hard to say no. It's hard to say no these days. Um, So I, of course, I'll always have, I'll always show grace to to newsrooms because I I know what it's like, you know, to be on the inside. Um, I think at at the same time, the public still desires journalists and and newsrooms um, that will do that work. As tough as it is, as exhausting as it is. And so I think newsrooms really have to take, um, and news organizations have to take a good hard look at what they're doing and yeah. how they're doing it. Maybe we don't have to be as big. Maybe we need to find a way to be more nimble. There, there's got to be a way that we can um, still do the kind of journalism that that we need to be doing yeah. to catch, you know, to be a better filter against BonCon um, and and still kind of provide the product that, that people want yeah. um, and that the public needs. Yeah. We really, I, I think, you know, it wasn't our election, but the U.S. election, if that didn't underscore the need for credible journalism, yeah. I don't know what does. Yeah, yeah. It's been exciting even in the sector recently. Farhan, mm-hmm. who was the editor of Daily Hive mm-hmm. when he started his own mm-hmm. media conglomerate, you could call it OMG, and yes. and, and with the idea of getting local news um, 
you know, really good local news and, and really good yeah. hyper local news. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we do over at the CABJ is yeah. we have a training program called the CABJ Media Startup Bootcamp, nice. and so we we help folks and and give them money to build and launch their own digital media startup. Wow. Um, a lot of slow journalism, which yeah. we're really kind of loving the yeah. you know the different kind of focus on on what they're you That's know incredible. the projects that I didn't they're know doing. About this. Yeah, so, yeah. Like the next could be the next Narcity, could be the could next, be the next Huffington one. Post. Yes. Thrive. Yes. Global, yes, yeah, yeah. That's what we see it as. Wow, because we really feel like that's the future. That's, I say that's the future, but the truth is that's the present. How many have you birthed so far? So we just got out five. Our what? first five came out in February. Yeah, and, and you see them like a bit of salary, the money to like get a Squarespace template, or I don't know. Yeah, I know, doing. I know. We're working on more perks for them. Um, yeah. I'm trying to get more funding now that sure. there's more funding in the system. Yeah, uh, so we're, we're we've got a lot of irons in the fire in yeah. that sense. Um, but the next um, iteration of the program comes up this fall. Cool. Super grateful to yeah. TD for being the the lead sponsor on that. Amazing. Um, and for supporting it, you that's, know, that's when huge. it was just an idea. Yeah, they've been great. And then after a year, they can apply for the Digital Publishers Aid to Publishers Grant from you Heritage got it. Canada. You got it. Okay. There's a lot of other things I think that are coming on the yeah. on on the the market now, and, and even I think. Um, you can also get charitable status um, as as a, a digital media startup, cool. if I'm not mistaken. Like the Walrus has digital. Okay. Media, uh, no, I think the Walrus has charitable okay. status, or, or one of them has yeah. Yeah. has charitable status. Um, so you can start to look at you know positioning your organization mm -hmm. in such a way that it can actually survive. You know, mm -hmm. like it can actually. It can actually survive. Totally. And in um, and in the trade publications, the message, which yes. is is an amazing publication. Is is betting on um, subscriptions, not advertisers, which I yeah, think is so cool. Which I think is good. Yeah. Um, I think there's this this worry that you know, like, can I get can I get subscribers? You oh, know, totally. real people because their competition exactly. is strategy magazine, exactly. which is uh, ads and events, right, and awards. Mm -hmm. And so the message has yet to create an award or, or have an award or run any ads, but it's been this really pure journalistic piece, like I. You know, you know, published publication yes. that's purely editorial. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, in order to overcome that fear of, can I get an audience? Yeah. Can I get people to yeah, pay for yeah, this yeah. content, right? Yeah. Um, is people really want to be tailored to, yeah. you know, they want to be spoken to. It's a good litmus test too. too, is like, is yeah. this a good publication? Of, yeah. Will people pay for will it? Will people pay for it? Yeah. I think people want content that is, that is tailored to them, that yeah. speaks to them, that is relevant to them. Yeah. Relevance is a big thing, yeah. right? Because you have the the major companies of the world, they're trying to tail, you know, cater to everyone. Yeah. And as we've really seen with racialized communities, yeah. you can't. Yeah. You know, you, you can't be catering to everyone and still cater to me. Yeah. Um, and so there really is an opportunity if mm. you're willing to hone in. Yeah. Um, you know, on your tie, audience, right? Or wh whoever yeah. it is, know yeah. your audience, hone yeah. in on them, hmm. and really begin to deliver content that they want. Yeah, I think there's a great opportunity there. Do you want to highlight any of the five? I know you want. Yeah, you can't say your favorite is of the oh, five. Oh, I know. Do you want, do you want, let me let me see if I remember. So um, even just one, even one is fine, and no, we can put the no, links to the I rest. I gotta remember all notes. of them. <laughs> so there's um, Caleb, Caleb Johannes, and he's got 1919. They're based out of Calgary. Tomi okay. um, Ajale with Afros in the City. They're also nice. based in Calgary. Cool. They're doing great work out there. Um, there's Matthew Demera with the Resolve. Mm. He's based in Toronto and just getting that um, up off the ground. Uh, Jody Lee Nembard, and mm -hmm. she's got Toned Magazine, which is great. She already had it um, pretty much built, okay. like is when she came to us. Stuff, like no, okay. no, Tone. It's Tone is amazing because or, Tone did just. 
talks about the different tones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 Go either way. Okay. Yeah. She's she's got an amazing publication. Um, And then there is. I knew I was gonna forget the last one, but oh my gosh! We'll put a link. We'll put a link. We have to. You have to put the link. Yes. Oh, she will will not forgive me. I cannot remember her name. Um, But you love them all. I love them all. She's it's it's a Jamaican. It's it's Julie Mango. Nice. Julie Mango. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> Julie Mango. Um, and it's a publication that really focuses on film, okay. especially coming out of the Caribbean. Um, so it's really, really niche. Yeah. Um, but she's doing she's doing great Amazing. work as well. So if I'm a media buyer mm-hmm. listening right now, mm-hmm. I've always been, you know, I spend digital ad side, I spend the majority of my money on Google. I spend mm-hmm. a lot on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've dabbled in Reddit. I've touched a bit in Bing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when it comes to the um, media buying side, on the other side, I'm always going to Bell, Rogers, CBC. Mm. I kind of buy from the mm. usuals. But mm. if I'm saying, man, I want to, I've heard this kind of DNI thing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm feeling like I should do something. I feel like I want to diversify it. I feel like I want to reach these niche audiences. How do I find these publications? How do I find the ad sellers? Because they probably don't have full-time sales agents bringing donuts to my office and no. pitching me every week. No. Yeah. Um, I think this is... Um, you know, a great example of why you've really got to kind of get in touch with organizations like ours. We've got them listed all on our website. Okay, they're all there. They're okay. all there. They're right. all there. So you can link them. I'm pretty sure their contact information is and there And they too. would all have media kits on their sites? You can go to them. You can get all okay. the information there. Okay. We want to, part of the, you know, part of our purpose um, as the CABJ is to amplify them, to talk about them to the Googles yeah. and the Facebooks of the world, which we do, um, you know, to, to make sure that they are on the radars yeah. of these, these organizations and yeah. the other media conglomerates as well. Yeah, and, and the big agencies that are buying millions of you know, media placements, whether yes. it's Globe Mail or radio buys or mm-hmm. TV buys, mm-hmm. maybe consider some of these more niche, play, like, like APTN, the Aboriginal, yes. yeah, yeah, they've yes. got their yes. own uh, TV um, station and they launched some uh, digital streaming as well. So yeah, and, and I think we've heard from these, or these you know, these companies like APTN and others, yeah. you know, the feeling that we've always been here. Yeah. You know, they've, they've always been there. They've been around for a while. Yeah. Um, so I do hope that after the conversations that were really ignited in 2020, yeah. um, that now, you know, these racialized publications, these diverse publications yeah. won't be such an afterthought. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Uh, anything else you want to share with listeners? Anything else that you're really excited about? I can't. I can't think of anything else. I mean, I'm always excited about the work that we're doing at the CABJ. Cool. Uh, we just finished up Rise Conference. Yes. Yeah, that was great. Uh, so Rise Conference was a joint uh, venture between CABJ and CJOC, Canadian Journalists of Color. The first of its kind, really, uh, a national journalism organization that was tailored to journalists of color. And I'm so encouraged by the feedback that we heard from folks who said, you know, for the first time, I really feel like I've been to a conference that that speaks to me. Awesome. Um, so so excited to have conversations about, you know, race and racism in the newsroom mm-hmm. and, you know, why people are leaving the newsroom, you know, and 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 what can be done about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. We talked about pitching. We talked about what it's like to be a racialized reporter in, mm-hmm. in a prairie province. Um, real candid conversations um, that I think people left with, you know, this space where, first of all, you had this sense of belonging, mm-hmm. um, but also just this opportunity to share, yeah. um, you know, and, and come together and heal and share and grow and laugh. Uh, we also had a bit of a dance party in the middle of the day, so yes. that was great too. So first, and my first, and I don't know about anybody else, especially, you know, for, for the PR folks listening to this, that was my first 
um, virtual conference, like as an organizer. Okay. It's everybody's first virtual conference this yeah, year, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> like as, as an organizer, man, what an experience. You think it's going to be easier. Yeah. No. No. no you're still, no. yeah. Yeah. And no. then the tech issues and, and yeah. My yeah, goodness. Yeah. My Did goodness. you get Zoom fatigue? Did you feel that screen um, fatigue? Definitely got yes. Zoom fatigue. But I think, so we t we went with a different platform. Um, Hop in? Stream. Stream. Okay. There's so many. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. There's so many. So we went with a different platform. They were great. Okay. They were fantastic. Amazing. Um, and I think because it was only two days, yeah. lots of energy. Yeah. And of course, the content was so engaging. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was at any point fading out. But cool. we did notice, like as we were tracking our numbers, we noticed towards the end, yeah. people kind of got a little tired. So that's where the Zoom fatigue comes in. Um, I'm hoping that's not a problem in 2022 okay. when we go to organize yeah. the conference. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Cool. We'll see. Okay, I want to bring up one thing. Yeah. Um, it's a great movie. Um, uh, if people have seen it, I don't know if people have seen it yet. It stars Michael uh, B. Jordan, not mm -hmm. Michael Jordan, the NBA star, mm -hmm. uh, portraying, I think, one of my favorite people in the mm -hmm. world, Brian, Brian Stevenson, mm -hmm. which most people don't know about, but mm -hmm. he was a lawyer uh, down in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, a friend of mine, Shane Claiborne, pointed him out to me. Um, but what is seen in the movie, and if you, if you don't know the guy, you, 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 they kind of like allude to it in the movie and mm -hmm. kind of touch on it, but the faith part of his life, which motivated mm -hmm. him to do some pretty mm -hmm. badass stuff, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, like uh, he's still alive, which I love today. Brian Stevenson's still alive today. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Michael Jordan did an amazing job portraying him, mm -hmm. but like the real, Mike, you know, Brian Stevenson mm -hmm. is amazing. So tell me about the role that faith plays in, in kind of motivating you, or where do you see it playing out in the-, the In my life, yeah, yeah in my work. Um, so, you know, I think back to um, the CABJ yeah. and and being at this time and, and the verse that always comes to mind is, you know, for such a time as this. Um, so I, I always feel like this um, this work that we're doing um, is is divine mm -hmm. in how it focuses on um, justice, mercy mm -hmm. and humility. Yeah. Um, and that verse is from a, a Jewish girl, yeah. Esther, during Esther, a time when yes. yeah, her people were being um, not treated well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so to know that um, to know that I'm here at this moment, I did not know in 2016 yeah. that we would be in this moment in 2020. Yeah. So I I I can't deny you know yeah. you know the hand of God in in the midst of sure. all this, um, even in the midst of of pain to see what has come out of this. Yeah, um, gives me hope. It does give me mm. hope for the future. Um, so for me, it has been. My faith gives me courage, you know, to to speak, and it has been kind of my source mm. um, in being able to push forward. Because I have to be honest with you, sometimes it is just not easy. Yeah. Um, it's not easy when you feel like the progress that you're making is not happening as quickly as yeah. you'd like it to, you know, to to be moving along. Um, so my faith is is my fuel. Mm. You know, it gives me the hope to know that that I can keep on going, and it, no matter what it looks like today, mm. it's going to be worth it in the end. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for, for having on the me. Show and yeah. sharing so many nuggets and ideas, and yeah. I'm so excited about for what's next for you at yeah, UGM. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm yeah. super excited too. Um, we're gonna put the link to all those five amazing publications. Yeah. Um, media buyers, uh, you know who you are. Planners, consider uh, mm -hmm. some other options. You could try them out. You might be shocked at the prices in their um, <laughs> media buy templates because you uh, may not be used to more independent pricing uh, sections, but give them a try. And and what's the worst that could happen? Mm. Um, and you may be shocked and surprised at the uh, 
you know, supporting something early on, which I think is really cool because a lot of them are still early days and, Very and, early days. and now's the chance to get in on the yes. ground floor. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now's the opportunity. Now's yeah. the time. Yeah. And those that haven't seen Just Mercy, uh, I think it's streaming on somewhere out there in Amazon, the Amazon, one of From, them. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I'll yeah. find it. Yeah. Have you seen it yet? <laughs> no, I have not seen oh, it yet. Oh, so good. So good. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, uh, great movie. Great movie. And and did a great job. It, it, you know, if, if you like that sort of thing. It's more yeah. of like a, like a serious movie, but okay. good. Yeah, but motivating. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll check it out. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for coming this week on Marketing News Canada. And we'll see you next time on the show. All right. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. <laughs>